0: welcome to real conversations exploring the meaning behind the music hi i'm robert
1: brzezinski and i'm Jeannie kataoka and together we're having real conversations with your favorite new thought artists
0: join us as we take a deep dive into the inspiration and meaning behind the music of new thought our
1: guests are ready to share stories from their spiritual journey and creative process with you Real Conversations is a chance to look behind the curtain and connect with your favorite new thought artists. So let's dive right in.
0: Real Conversations, exploring the meaning behind the music. And hello again, dear ones. Robert Brzezinski here with you.
1: And I'm Jeannie Kataoka
0: and this is Real Conversations, the meaning behind the music, an opportunity to sit down with your favorite New Thought artists and explore exactly the meaning and the message behind much of their great music. Today, we've got the wonderful, the amazing, the much talked about and much heralded Daniel Naimod with us. So we're gonna get right into it. I'm gonna let Jeannie share a little bit about Daniel, make sure we're all on the same page and then we'll get into some chatting and some music.
1: Here we go. A little biographical information on singer, songwriter, producer, and humanitarian Daniel Naymod has performed his profound, heart-opening original music for over 1 million people in 45 U.S. states and Canada since beginning his music career in 1999, selling 110 CDs and 10,000 printed songbooks to date and receiving literally thousands of standing ovations along the way. His songs are recorded and performed all over the world on a weekly basis. Recent media appearances of Daniel's music include Saturday Night Live, The Voice, American Idol, the Super Bowl, and the Today Show. Daniel's poetic and evocative message of peace love and compassion across all nations, cultures and faiths, has found overwhelming acceptance wherever he has performed. Youth rallies, 9-11 services and a keynote musical presenter at benefits for such organizations as Habitat for Humanity, Operation USA, Achievable and Anti-Defamation League. Daniel has also performed for various U.S. governors and mayors and for congressmen in Washington, D.C. Daniel has presented his spectacular music and message for nearly all of the world's major faiths, including Christian, Catholic, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, Jewish, Baha'i, and Mormon audiences, and has worked with some of the most influential and brilliant speakers and leaders in the world, In 2000, Daniel was nominated as National Hospital Volunteer of the Year for his musical work for Cedars-Sinai Hospital in Los Angeles. In response to Hurricane Katrina in 2005, Daniel visited the Houston Astrodome for two days, walking among the survivors, talking, shaking hands, and singing songs, following Late 2004's humanitarian crisis in Asia following the earthquake and tsunami, Daniel organized, produced, and hosted two soul stirring benefit concerts, raising over $15,000 for Operation USA, a Los Angeles based relief agency working in Indonesia and Sri Lanka. So let's jump into the music. And Daniel, tell me, I, this is one of my favorites tell me about Diving Board. (laughs) I love the bluesy sound, the harmonica. Was that an electronic uh, Hammond V3 in there that I heard? I just love it. Yeah. Diving
2: Board is a song. I've actually only performed it a couple times ever since releasing that. That was on the Time for Fire album. Um, And uh, it also... I don't know if you are uh, familiar with the story of the Beatles recording their f- their first album, <clears throat> but they recorded basically fourteen songs in one day. Uh, if I if I remember correctly, the number is fourteen. And the last thing they did live at the end of the day was John Lennon screaming uh, "Twist and Shout," hmm. uh, uh, and he um, lost his voice for a week or two after that vocal. Oh wow! Uh, that that he recorded and. Um, Diving board kind of <laughs> did that to me. That was um, not my normal style to sing, uh, and, um, and yeah, it's very it's very bluesy. I'd only written really one other bluesy song ever for a church audience, and that was the song for my very first album called "God Makes Me Want to Sing," which I used to perform all the time. Um, and yeah, diving. In fact, in fact, one of my favorite parts of Diving Board and it might be even the reason why I don't perform it too often, is that the background vocals on Diving Board have some of my favorite lines of the song. Uh, And of course, you can't sing background vocals when you're (laughs) singing a song live. Right. Um, But yeah, I'm actually quite proud of that song. And uh, I'm not sure, by the way, whether the song needs to be a spiritual song as much as it is about someone's the love that they're receiving from someone, in other words, whatever source it is, you know, right. And that was, right. that was, I definitely intentional. Get that. yeah, that was intentional. Not, not to have a, not to, not for it to be mysterious what, what it's talking about. But when I say your love is a diving board, it, you know, love can feel that way. Love, that is to say, uh, it can have this powerful, uh, inspiring or liberating or strengthening or reinforcing feeling. And that's really just what I was looking for, um, trying to capture. And it's why I intentionally cut loose with the vocal, um, because the guy singing that song is feeling like he can do anything.
1: Get much bluesier than that. I just love that song. So uh, talking about love, let's, let's talk about, and I understand this song actually has a um, special meaning for Robert. Uh, love is my decision.
2: Yeah. I'm, you know, I remember only vaguely writing it because uh, I was in my, my old little apartment in West Hollywood, my little rent control apartment. Uh, near Fairfax and Santa Monica Boulevard and that is the that little apartment we're talking I, I want to say maybe maybe 500 600 square feet rent control very inexpensive very unfancy and I'm not sure to this day how desperately my neighbors wanted me to move out because I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure I was making a racket, and no one ever actually knocked on my door and said, "What the hell are you doing in there?" But they were probably thinking it. I mean, I recorded um, in—I recorded a lot of the One Power album in there. I recorded the entire Sacred Love album in there. My entire Kids album, Sunny stuff, in that apartment. Um, and I, in fact, that gospel song I mentioned, "God Makes Me Wanna Sing," uh, I, re- I wrote in that apartment. Um, so Love Is My Decision was written uh, during the time when I was assembling songs for an album called One Power. The song One Power came long before there was an album. Um, and I, I actually was singing the song One Power and selling a CD single of it because there was nothing else to sell. And I was, I was writing songs and I was recording them onto uh, little mini cassettes at the time. Uh, which I still have somewhere on this big stack of these oh, wow. little tiny tapes. <laughs> that goes back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was in, 19, it was in you know, 99, no, 2000, probably, 2000, 2001. And my friend, Suze Ogden, who is herself a super talented singer-songwriter and a friend of mine since then, uh, since even before then, uh, she was over and she said, So, Danny, what have you written lately? And I said, I have no idea, um, but you can listen to my tape. <laughs> my main, my main <laughs> I my mini set it. player. And, uh, and I pressed play on a couple for her. And then I pressed play on that one on love is my decision. And when it finished, she said, she said, Danny, don't keep that one. I'm paraphrasing, but Danny, don't keep that one under a barrel. You know, that's, that's, that's a special little song. That's really, really nice. Uh, You should sing that one out. And I started singing it out um, at shows and it really caught on. It, It uses a couple of, There's a couple of songwriting, I wouldn't say tricks, but there's a, there's a couple of techniques I use specifically in that song. Uh, one is the, the, um, the unintentionally addictive three, four feel or really six, eight feel where with, like with, like with the peace song where you're just kind of inclined to rock back and forth Mm -hmm. along with it. Then the, the next, the next technique I did was extreme repetition. So there are Eight lines, I think, in each verse. There's three verses. Um, and the only lines that change verse to verse are lines two and four. That is to say, one, three, and five, six, seven, eight stay the same. And that was a, that was a technique I'm not sure I'd ever used before. And, and then, um, I'm always very sensitive to, uh, boredom or fatigue. Um, and, With that song, I do remember that the three verses all felt substantial enough and meaningful enough and different enough that they were worth keeping, but that repeating the exact same structure uh, so many times needed some sort of energetic change each time. As a record producer now since then, I've learned how I would record it differently each verse to at least partly do some of that differentiation between verses, right? To increase, every, every section of a song, at least on a recording, every section of a song really ought to have some kind of differentiation, whether a shaker comes in or leaves or a background vocal starts or finishes, an instrument gets added, you know, you'll hear it a million, I mean, you'll hear it on basically every song on the radio. Every section has some change of color or tone or energy to it. And with "Love Is My Decision," I was in. a I put myself in a box with this ultra simple structure. Um, you know what a song, what a what a performing band would call an A A A song, meaning <laughs> right. you just repeat the same verse four times. Because uh, I repeat the last verse, right? The third verse I, we do twice generally. So I simply modulated each. Each verse. I know. I know. This is you want to focus a little bit on the music, which is why I'm talking a little bit technically about it. But for me, I'm loving them um, you now. Normally, I'm uh,
3: loving them. Oh,
2: okay, good. Yeah. I mean, normally, you know, a modulation, uh, that is to say, changing the key, um, is it has it has it runs the danger of being a cheesy um, or old fashioned or dated technique for increasing the energy of a song. I mean, Whitney Houston uses it, but she's Whitney Houston. Um, <laughs> You know, there are there are these moments in pop history where it's so perfect that, you, you know, in fact, you'd miss it if it wasn't there. It was, it was dying to to go up a key. Right. Right. Um, and but then there is then it's grossly overused in other other cases. And, and it can be. It can be a trick used to make you feel like the song is going somewhere when, in fact, the song isn't going anywhere at all. Um, and to me, that's, that's a little bit of no, no rock, no uh, 70s rock group, uh, pun intended, but to me, that's a little bit of a cheap trick. <laughs> I'd rather write the song such that the energy builds, uh, on its own. And so that, so that the modulation itself is really, it's icing on the cake, but it isn't the whole cake. In the case of love is my decision, I think I'm right in the middle between it really needs it, and it stands alone without it. I've performed that song on guitar, and I'm nowhere near as skilled a guitarist as I am a pianist. So when I perform it on guitar, I'm stuck with far less faculty in every key. Like on a piano, I can modulate half steps. Uh, It's easier to play. In other words, I'm playing D, normally I'm playing D, E flat, E, F. Um, On a guitar, I can't I, I'm incapable of playing, uh, in four consecutive, uh, keys.
3: So, and that's
2: when I discover, oh yeah, this song really needs a modulation every verse. It actually falls a little flat when it doesn't go up each time you arrive at the next verse. Um, all that being said, the meaning of the song. so that was, that was, you know, that's a lot of ramble about the songwriting, but, um, all that being said, the meaning of the song, very, very true to me and true to my own personal values. Um, And, and uh, the last thing I'll say about it is uh, that there is a a sneaky or a, a, there's a sneaky little secret in that song lyrically. And I don't think it's actually a secret, but it's, it's subtle and it could be missed. And, and the line, the line that is the secret uh, of that song is God? Uh, once I decide to change my mind, God will show me how. Mm-hmm. Um, and that because uh, you know, by the way, it, it works. It works from a like a Taoist or a Buddhist perspective, even if you don't believe in God. Uh, that you can you can decide. I'm now going to be this. I'm now going to stand for this. I'm now going to represent this. I'm now going to work towards this. But you don't actually decide. individual steps that get you there, even if you think you do. Uh, Looking back, we can all reflect on a a moment when we thought we were in charge and we realized, oh, I was never actually quite in charge and that was just fine because the way it turned out was more perfect than I could have ever designed myself. And this song does allude to that, which means I'm not encouraging people to go out and be Gandhi. I'm encouraging, or the singer is encouraging somebody to to, uh, dabble in the idea of allowing a little bit more bridge building, a little bit more kindness, a little bit more compassion, a little bit more forgiveness. And if you allow just the light into the room to see where that leads, rather than to make some grand action decision, it's actually a very internal, personal, private decision that shows up in the world in unexpected ways that, we're, that we don't need to be in charge of. And that's really what the song, as a, that's really sneakily what the song is about.
4: Love is my decision It's up to me to give of my heart Love is my decision No one else can tell me to start. And once I decide to change my mind, God will show me how. Love is my decision, my decision right here. up to me to stand on that bridge. Love is my decision. No one else can make me forgive. And once I decide,
0: Yes. Love is my decision. And, uh, thank you for that. I think I may have shared with you previously, Daniel, that, uh, my wife and I, that was our closing song on our wedding. So I know you don't do weddings, <laughs> uh, but we wanted to make sure that uh, your music was included in ours. And we use that as the closing song. Uh, and, and I have, I feel that, uh, you have been for me, uh, not just the premier and the most beloved musician in my new thought music exploration, uh, your stuff was, that's how I got turned on to new thought music was through, through the one power album and running around in Salt Lake city in the early two thousands, you stopped there and did concerts for us pretty much every year. We always had a chance to see your music and I don't remember exactly where it was. Um, and, uh, you know, when I first heard Breathe the Same Air. Yeah. However, um, that album, Different Me, I mean, it, it. we could sit here for the next three hours just talking about that album. Uh, but I don't know that we've ever, that I've ever really kind of heard the story and what it took, what's the creative process to bring something like "Bring Breathe the Same Air into the world.
2: Yeah. Um, you know what? I Breathe this, thank you, by the way. And Breathe the Same Air uh, was written in response to a feeling that I was having about the song One Power. So I'd been out singing One Power at that point for a year or two. Um, And it occurred to me, maybe only gradually, that the song One Power said said an absolutely essential thing for me to say. In other words, it's it's as true... I mean, I believed I believed what one power says since I was a boy, when long before I was allowed to believe it. If that makes sense, um, that whatever that it I, that that it didn't matter what religion you belonged to, what holy book you read, what your clergy dressed like, what you called your house of worship, uh, which day was the birth or death or whatever celebration you were doing, I, that I actually I've never cared. I only cared if you were nice. Um, and, and, and and truly, in the simplest possible sense, I, don't, I mean, that's kind of the whole thought. I only cared if you were nice. If you were nice to yourself, if you were nice to other people, if you were nice to animals, um, if you said nice things, if you did nice things, if you smiled and meant it. You know, I mean, that's kind of how, that's always my value uh, system. And um, And one power was saying that loud and clear, right? That was, that's what, that song is about but or and um one power is also an offensive song it manages to be offensive i would say probably to half of humanity even as it <laughs> endeavors to include all of humanity uh and if uh, somebody listening is wondering what i mean by offensive i mean uh you know i still sometimes uh recall on stage uh, uh The moment I had when a a woman, an associate minister at a mega church in Phoenix, a mega Christian church in Phoenix, called me and said, Daniel, I've been listening to your One Power album nonstop uh, for months, and I'm having a retreat at my church. It's a very big church, uh, and I want to introduce my church to your music, Uh, so will you please come and sing at this retreat? and i'll sing you know as the genie a nice introduction thank you for that and it you know i mean i will sing for any uh any group that'll have me basically um not any group but most and um and i said sure i'll sing at your christian megachurch you know i i i mean i've never pretended to be any particular religion i mean i grew up jewish i am jewish i talk about being jewish it's not, not no secrets so I said, "Sure, I'll sing at your I'll sing at your event. That's beautiful. I love it." So when I arrived at that church, um, that that associate minister, and it was giant, like a like an auditorium, I mean, like a stadium, thousands of people. I don't I don't know. I mean, thousands and thousands fit in that room. Uh, and she came out into the parking lot, gave me a hug. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so honored. So thank you. She said, and I feel terrible having to say this, but the senior pastor here has asked that you not bring the one power CD into the building. Wow. Right. And that was, that was, um, and I, because I am both nice and a smart ass, uh, I said, that's totally fine. I will do as Jesus would do and sing where I'm invited, what I'm invited to sing. (laughs) And, um, And that, you know, that was a, that was a snarky thing. Uh, I meant it, actually. I mean, you know, that's kind of Jesus was kind of known to go where he was invited to go, right? Um, But uh, that's the kind of thing when I say offensive, I mean, no religion, that is to say no traditional, you know, wall building religion um, can allow uh, that all the other religions are right for them right, right? They have to they ha- they have to be built on the premise that we're right and they'll c- come along. you know Yes. We're we're this, oh th- our holiday is holy. Their holiday is just kind of weird or cute. <laughs> um, you know, or you know we' we're, we've got the real word of God they, bless
0: their hearts, think they do. <laughs> um, I would say, uh, you know, I would say I think you have the real word of God here uh, when it comes to, especially this song, Breathe the Same Air. Um, well,
2: yeah, so, so the bottom line about Breathe the Same Air then is I wanted to write another song, like One Power, that said the same thing, but... My attempt was to not offend. Um, was to say was to say it in a way that I I wouldn't make someone turn it off, right? Um, you know. So and that's really where the song came from. And the uh, then there's these Irish touches in the recording that were really fun to do. Actually, I, I mentioned, my old apartment uh, there was a there's a really talented composer in in my little building, and his. Wife uh, was a really talented violinist, and she uh, offered as a gift to play that violin part that you hear in the recording. Mm. Um, And uh, it was uh, that song, the song, the whole entire album was recorded in Nashville with some of the greatest musicians I've ever been in the presence of. Um, And uh, so that's where, uh, that's where Breathe the Same Air" was born. And it was debuted actually at an event with Deepak Chopra, where he was talking about concepts that were so close to the heart of one power and breathe the same air that i felt this is a place to sing this song and it did do what i thought it would do that day yeah Mm. so so that's the story of breathe the same air a bit
0: right on well let's give that a listen folks this is daniel namad breathe the same air enjoy
4: Whose time has come A new generation Decides as one Of the same small planet we are born It's never been so obvious before Breathe the same air, drink the same water, walk the same earth, kiss the same sky. Breathe the same air, and I think we ought to get along better, you and I. The future of history is crystal clear. The borders between us Will disappear Of the same small planet we are born There's no foreign country anymore We breathe the same air Drink the same water Walk the same earth, kiss the same sky, breathe the same air, and I think we ought to get along better, you and I. Well,
3: some say I'm
4: out of touch with the times that this world is I think we ought to get along better. You and I, we breathe the same air, drink the same water, walk the same earth, kiss the same sky, breathe the same air, and I think we ought to get along better. You and I, we breathe the same
3: air, drink the same.
0: Up. i I can't imagine anybody would find any real anything in there to be offended by so uh, I would say you've accomplished your goal there uh, Thanks, and yeah. Daniel you know, your your musical journey. Uh, Again, following you for close to 20 years now myself, your musical journey uh, takes us as listeners into so many different regions and so many different places. Uh, I remember for quite a long time, uh, I remember very clearly the very first time I heard uh, the song Unbecoming. Unbecoming. And I was in ministerial school and it was one of those times where it was just like, mm. and, oh, here came a new Daniel Neymar album. Okay, that'll lift me up. I'm going to get that. And, uh, and wow, what a, what a change. What a game changer for me. What a great and amazing perspective for me at that time. Uh, I think everybody would really love to hear a little bit more around the meaning behind the song Unbecoming. Yeah, Thanks. Um,
2: well, Unbecoming is on an album called Home, and I guess, as you know, the, the songs are all about home from different perspectives. Um, there's a song about, uh, for me, how national parks and, and you know, nature feels like home. There's a song about coming home to my wife feels like home. There's a song about how when a baby comes home from the hospital, there's, there, there, it's different, different thoughts about home. And um, Unbecoming... Is a little bit of a twist on on the notion of home, in that it is really about a person realizing that the life they've lived, or the personality they've taken on, the relationships they have, the things they say about themselves, the things they the the uh, the image they project that those things. May have never been their own in their conception. They may they may have been put there by expectations, by uh, by parents and family, by society, by religion, uh, by school, by peers. Um, but, you know, we, we're we are all subject to so many expectations and pressures. I mean, they're as simple as you know. We always, my wife actually always corners our little boy uh, before he goes to school or camp and fixes his hair, right? Well, that is because we want him to learn that uh, going out looking unkempt conveys something and going out looking, uh, you know, groomed conveys something. Going out wearing matching clothes, I mean, these things, they, they are just true. And as they always say in the in the songwriting and any arts, they always say, you know, to effectively break the rules of your art form, you first need to know the rules. So, right. do we want Jude to be an individual? One million percent. But it also it it also feels uh, feels incumbent upon us as his parents to teach him some of society's expectations. So that he can pick and choose them if he wants, but know what he's choosing. Um, but the problem comes when, uh, when no one whispers in your ear, this is what people expect of you, but there's no reason why you have to do it, right? You don't have to do it, you don't have to become a lawyer or a doctor you don't have to become an artist you don't have to smoke pot you don't have to not you don't have to live here you don't right you don't have to wear suits to you don't have to do these things uh, who are you yourself really right at some point yeah uh, at some point my you know i'd certainly wish for everybody that they have a moment whether it's early or late that they get you know, metaphorically speaking, knocked on the head and, you know, wake up to who they themselves have always been or have never been. When, you know, another example that comes to mind other than Jude is, is kids who, are, who have been sent off to camps by their religious parents to ungay gay them. Mm. Um, and I just can't imagine what it would be like to withstand, to attempt to withstand the pressure to be, to just utterly be something you are not. Um, and you know, you know, and I know, and uh, and most adults know, and most kids do not yet know that lying about who you are will kill you. Right. You know, persistently lying about the about the fundamentals of who you are will kill you. If it doesn't kill you physically. It'll it'll knock you dead emotionally right. uh, and in, you know, in every important area, intimacy and, and joy and creativity and adventure. it it sucks the will to live out of you to lie about to have to lie about who you are. Um, and uh, and the song is about that person. Arriving at that moment when they realize that the expectations of others do not necessarily uh, co- uh, correspond to the truth of him or her, uh, and that, and that, in um, the end in this line, I talked about the you know the the uh, secret line in, in love is my decision in 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 um, in this song. Um, in some sense, the most important line is the last line of the song, and I don't even need to say it out loud. If you're going to play the song, people will hear uh, the last line of the song is where I make the final point that I want to make about uh, breaking down the rules and the roles that uh, that this person singing has taken on, uh, and discovering the uh, you know that there was in fact. Uh, a rainbow hidden by the rain. I mean, there was there was something beautiful behind the lying and pretending and role playing, um, and it's a song about finding that that place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well,
0: well, let's do it, folks. Hang on. This is Unbecoming from Daniel Maimon Enjoy.
4: It isn't like I've always wondered what I was made of is this really me i've only recently discovered i've always stood in the shadows of expectations of me now that i see there's no judge there's no jury now that i know It's about unbecoming what I never was It's about unlearning what was never true It's about unbelieving all the lies that I've been told Unbecoming is the story of my soul Everybody's name is given Nobody asks us who we really are But after so many years of living You wouldn't think the answer would still feel so far I'm slow, I'm smart It's about unlearning what was never true It's about unbelieving all the lies that I've been told Unbecoming starts the story of my soul Unbecoming
0: Yes, yes, yeah. That just moves me every single time, Uh, moves me to that place of absolutely unbecoming all that I never was. So thank you, sir. Um, I want to play another song here and we're going to listen to it first and then uh, let you share a little bit with us. I call this part of my unset. Uh, because hmm. you've got Unbecoming There's also another song called Unplug But yeah. then, then a few albums later You do Unjaded So let's listen to this folks And then we'll get a little reaction from Daniel Just kick back and enjoy Daniel Namad, Unjaded
4: Well I used to dream out loud Just being human made me proud Now I throw my hands up in the air From disillusion and despair My heart has taken such abuse I've used my hurt as my excuse It's like all hope has disappeared Behind the shadow of my fear And I wonder why they say That aging thins the skin Then I remember I am only one, but I am not alone. I don't need to do everything, everything, no. I can write one wrong, I can sing one song. I don't need to do everything, everything. It's time to dive back in. Yeah, it's time. I am unjaded. Oh. What if you have to fall to grow? I've fallen hard enough to know. So what if life's not fair? Doesn't mean that I'm too cool to care. Believing right Will, will Then I remember i
0: Daniel, tell us a little bit about that. How did that come to be and what do we need to know about it?
2: Yeah, you know, that song um, is from uh, the Cornerstone album and uh, that, 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 those songs um, were written two or three years after my boy was born. Uh, he's now eight. So when, when Jude was born, I basically cleared my travel schedule um, and sort of Hunkered down at home with my wife and boy. I didn't want to miss the time when he was so little. I didn't want to not be there to help my wife out and and uh, and get to know my little baby. And I also, um, in case anyone's listening and wondering, and also, I also did not have a trust fund or a big savings account. It was actually, uh, it was a scrape by financially, you know, Mm season for the family. I was not. it's not like I was sitting on a pile of money. I just really wanted to stay home. So I, I, so I performed locally and for started producing other people's music more and more um, and didn't hit the road. But I also discovered, and it always gets a laugh when I say it in front of an audience, I discovered that to write a song, you have to be able to complete a thought in your head. Uh, (laughs) And I, I found that out the hard way because, between being another line that I always say uh, at concerts, which is just true, and also apparently very funny, is uh, that I've been tired since my wife's water broke. And uh, that is actually literally true. And uh, so between being tired and completely focused on my wife and boy, um, and just kind of eking out, you know, I'm I'm not being melodramatic. I mean, really, just kind of eking out a living uh, so that I could be home. It was... Uh, it was just a value judgment on our part that the money wasn't as important as long as we could continue to pay our mortgage at song. Um, so I didn't write a song uh, for a couple of years. In fact, uh, right now I'm in another stretch where I haven't written a song. This time we moved into a new house and th- over Thanksgiving, a new old house, and the house is such a fixer upper that I've done nothing but fix up the house. And of course, now we've had a shutdown. So I've been streaming shows and fixing up the house and kind of nothing else um, but uh, this, was a, this what we're talking about here is a much longer stretch after Jude was born, uh, where I went two or three years without writing songs. When I started writing songs again, I found them revolving around, um, uh, well, the subtitles of the Cornerstone, the subtitle of the Cornerstone album is uh, Songs of Comfort and Courage. Uh, and I, I found myself um, summoning up a fire. That had been not out, but ignored for those three years, two or three years. Um, I hadn't paid attention to my own feelings and thoughts, particularly at all. And I, again, there's there's a inherently self-absorbed uh, character to being any kind of artist. I imagine um, as a songwriter, I always I always get raised eyebrows when somebody approaches me and says, "Daniel, will you listen to my CD?" <laughs> and I say probably not. (laughs) And And they're, you know, why not? And I say, I, I, first of all, my head is perpetually, literally perpetually, always for 24 years, but certainly for the last 10 or 15, overwhelmed with details, with business ideas, with phone calls I haven't made, with, with, with loose ends I haven't, you know, cleaned up, with songs unfinished, with records not released, with ideas unexecuted. I am, and then i say i am a really self-absorbed singer songwriter i'm not actually interested in what anyone else is doing and in fact i find it's a little extreme but i find it i always get i get i get distracted or discouraged when i when i tune into what other people are doing it doesn't feel good it it, it takes like i i i tuck into what i'm doing and do the very best and truest work I can. Like if I were to sit back and watch, you know, Jeannie, you mentioned the concerts, right? I've done 42, uh, 42 so far, live free concerts on Facebook, right? Since this shutdown happened at the end of March. 42 shows. If I were to sit and watch what other people have done with their shows, all I would do would be compare. Mm-hmm. And I would I would either feel better then, which is not a feeling I want to have. Or I'd feel worse then, which is not a feeling I want to have. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would think about things I hadn't done that I could have done, which is not a feeling I want to have. I mean, or I'll feel like things the other person should do, which is also, I mean, none of these things are wins for me. Versus if I do it in a bubble, it's just my true work. And I'm not comparing myself to Stevie Wonder, but it, but, but I remember learning about how Stevie Wonder recorded uh, Songs in the Key of Life. Uh, one of the greatest albums that I've ever heard in the world. His double album set from, I think, the late 70s. Yeah. Um, um, and, uh, yeah, right, songs that I've, I've sung at, uh, and some of those concerts are from songs in the key of life, Isn't She Lovely, and uh, If It's Magic, and As, and, I mean, there's, it's a masterpiece. And he disappeared into the studio to do that album so thoroughly that Barry Gordy, who had, Barry Gordy had written him a huge check uh, as an advance, to make that album, and uh, it it went on so long waiting for Stevie, to literally, literally to play him anything. I mean, I'm talking about a year and a half or two years that Barry Gordy was wondering if there was any music happening or whether he'd ever hear anything. Uh, he was wondering whether there was an album, uh, or he, he had no idea. Stevie Wonder disappeared into a cocoon and came out with a masterpiece. I I have not done that. Um, I'm not claiming to have done that, but I do cocoon when I'm making my own music. So um, back to Unjaded is these songs were that it was starting to come out after Jude was two or three. The songs really did revolve around coming back to life, about daring to feel, daring to risk, daring to sing out loud again. And um, Unjaded is still one of my favorite songs to perform because I I, I think it says a lot. In three and a half minutes or four minutes, it says a lot about about sensitivity to um, to to th- sensitivity versus getting thick skin, right? Caring versus not caring. Um, you know that t- if I'm too cool to care. I mean, there's a lot of lines in there that really say something about um, a t- the tendency of an adult to uh, be. Uh, thick-skinned and indifferent and overwhelmed for God's sake. Uh, and it's a song about it's a song of remembering that uh, that life really is for living and life is better when you're sensitive and when you care and when you do what you can, where you can um, and let it, and let it be enough and realize that you're only one, and you're not alone. And the rest of the world is doing the best it can to. And that that's enough. It's that you don't need to uh, shelter your heart for a lifetime to stay safe. Um, and that's, you know, so it's a very personal song.
1: So another thing we want to talk to you about, Daniel, is your collaboration with Nemo Patel. We had the blessing of interviewing Nemo. One of the first interviews Robert and I did, and I up to that point wasn't familiar with with Nemo or his music. And uh, so it was very definitely an eye opening experience for me. But it was interesting to hear his take on how he came to collaborate with you. So that, of course, people can listen to at another time, uh, but we'd certainly like to hear how, how your, what your feelings were because Nemo, of course, wanted to do a rap of one of your songs and he shared how he was a little hesitant about asking you about that because that wasn't your style and maybe you would object. So how did that collaboration come about from your point of view?
2: Um, well, yeah. I mean, my my, uh, my relationship with Nemo is one of those um, beautiful, unintended things uh, that is um, it's it's really been a very special thing for me. Honestly, um, he he was. Uh, I I understand he told you the story, so he was apparently given a copy of my CD
3: uh-huh. um,
2: and uh, listened to it
3: the water against CD, his better right.
2: judgment. Yeah listened to it and, um, and really it struck a chord for him and he, um, and when he went on tour with his kids that, um, you know, he quoted, um, planting seeds and someone who knew me, uh, forwarded it, forwarded the interview to me and I reached out to him and said, Hey, Nemo, it's, it's that guy. whose music you've been listening to, you know, and I was, I mean, when I read, I, I'm a sucker for, well, I, to, I already told you, I mean, my principal value is nice, right? Um, and, and he, the work, he, the thing he was doing, and, I mean, it's, it's complicated for me, emotionally complicated because I, I spent, I spent a solid decade doing as much humanitarian work as I could possibly do with my music. I mean saying yes to everything. Uh, you know, you mentioned the uh, hospital volunteer thing uh, in the introduction. I mean, that what that meant essentially was that for, it might have been two solid years, but it was close to it if not, uh, I would go to Cedar sinai Hospital near my apartment in West Hollywood for one or two or three hours at a time. Uh, put on a uniform that they gave me and walk the halls singing for anybody. Right. Um, and it was just, and, and any, any, any nonprofit, I mean, this is not a boat. This is not boasting. This is this is just, I mean, this is where my heart and soul is at in terms of, I mean, I, my answer was just, yes, you know, Daniel, would you write a theme song for my nonprofit? Yes. Whatever it is. Yes. Daniel, will you sing at my benefit of it? Yes, of course it is. Of course I will. You know, so so that that uh, <laughs> it started feeling more like a luxury, not when I got married, but when I had a baby and suddenly all the world's children could no longer be my children the same way because I had my own child. Right. Um, so to get that article about this guy, Nemo who was still in that space where he was giving it all away uh, and using my music to do it, you know, to inspire him or to support him. Uh I mean, it was more meaningful. It was more meaningful than I could, than I could tell him or you, Um, you know, I'm not, I'm 0% jealous of him being able to do it. Um, But just so it's just so like, I remember being in that space where, because he is that giving. You know, he gives away his mm-hmm. performances, he gives right. away his albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is that. He is to some extent doing something. I always dreamed of giving away all my albums. I could never afford to. My dream was that I would have one of my, I mean, one of my dreams, uh, one of my like ambitions, if you, you know, even one of my ambitions was to have a music industry success substantial enough. That when I showed up for seventy-five people in Salt Lake City or whatever, I could show up with a case of CDs and hand them out and go home. Mm-hmm. You know, sing my songs, hand out the CDs and go home. Well, Nemo does that. Nemo, Nemo started the nonprofit that I always thought about starting, and he does raise the money to give away the. I mean, he, it was so, it was so touching to see that that uh, that songs of mine were doing something for such a person um and he continues to be that guy right you know? um so the collaboration i mean i didn't know he was hesitant to ask about doing uh planting seeds a hip-hop version um but uh he didn't have to be because <laughs> you know uh and, it, and he's right it's not even slightly my style <laughs> the song is a basically a 21st century Peter, Paul and Mary song. Um, and he wanted to rap to it. And, right. but as it turns out, working together with Nemo is fantastic. I mean, we, it, it's legitimately fun and legitimately productive and the songs that he and I have done together are some of the best things I've ever done. Um, you know, we've done maybe a half a dozen songs together and besides being how proud I am of the videos, which I don't make, or the, and the messages of the songs, which I do contribute to, mm-hmm. just the songs themselves are great. Um, and, uh, so, so it's just been a, it's just been a, a wonderful, uh, you know, it's, I, I also sometimes when I perform in Nemo, I first, I joke about him going bald before me cause that's about all <laughs> I've got on him. I also joke about him being uh, six inches taller than me and about 30 pounds lighter. Um, <laughs> And, but then I also say, I used to think I was a good person until I met Nemo, Ah, you know? Um, And, you know, some people say, Daniel, you're being too, you know, they correct me after, you know, Daniel, you're too modest. You're too, we know, you know, we know you and everything. Well, yeah, but I, I don't mind lifting him up. You know, Mm -hmm. he is is the real deal.
3: Um, He's he's as
2: generous. Yeah. He's as generous as you would hope such a person would be Mm -hmm. doing, doing the kind of things he does. And I have met, and I'm sure you have too. A lot of people who claim to be doing good things and then you meet them and I'm not saying they're bad people, but they're mm-hmm. not quite, the heart's not quite resonating the way you'd think it would. Right. And, but with Nemo instantaneously, obviously, immediately, yeah. yes, this guy yeah. is real. Yes. Um, it's yes. not posing. It's not self-aggrandizing. It's mm-hmm. not for secret profit. Uh, and... That authenticity, man, I mean, that is gold to me. So, mm-hmm. so that's how it feels to work with Nemo. Cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, Daniel, you mentioned that you've done about six songs with Nemo. Uh, what's your favorite collaboration with Nemo?
2: I would have to say it's either Grateful, which was our first full release of a song, or We Shall Overcome. I'm very proud of what we did with uh Kind of a reimagining of that uh, hymn
1: well let's uh let's listen to we shall overcome it seems like a good song right about now
5: It's burning inside, the hurting and the suffering minds, creating anger, fear, and pain, suffocating our times. The tougher it gets, the rougher social media cries, but we see to it that we tweeting only negative lines. We're sick and tired of history, but repeating it twice. Greed, anger, and violence, clearly stealing our nights, feeling it tight between the shoulders with the chill in the spine, pinching myself, waking up, trying to stop the rewind and move forward towards stories, overcoming our fears, choosing love over hate, praying, trading hugs over tears. There's only one choice, breaking down the walls and repair every broken Hard on this planet, till there's no longer fear.
4: Walls can't hold us in, fear can't keep us down. Love will rise again, yet it's rising right
5: now. We shall overcome. Every time I think it's gonna take much longer. We Getting stronger. We have just begun. Gonna make a change, we gotta push much farther. We- Fathom had to deal with himself when he was thrown off the train and the pain that he felt. Mrs. Parks disrespected, dragged into jail. Cause of the color of his skin, organs, tissues, and cells. One day, a young girl was shot on the bus by a man, a terrorist, part of the taliban. He said, On this land, you have no right to stand for what you believe in. Girls have no chance here. Well, now that's just the story of three souls who shook our planet after being down on their knees. And it's not gonna stop. Those seeds have now become trees, and us human beings will keep on digging we find peace yeah the cynics
4: always say that nothing ever changes the human nature's bound to stay the same but it couldn't be more plain that violence never pays injustice never stays stays. it's It's bound to fade fade away what if history
5: strength and the courage to bring us together and keep our souls nourished. These tough times will only drown in our chorus because we all believe that the truth is before us. We shall overcome this pain. We shall overcome this day. We pray for love to lead the way.
1: So That was Daniel Namad and Nemo Patel, and we shall overcome, reimagined as Daniel tells us. So, Daniel, you mentioned that hip hop and rap are as about as far away as your your comfort zone genre as you could get. So, did uh, Nemo inspire you for to do the rap and sing about love?
2: I, you know, he must have rubbed off on me. Uh, <laughs> I it wasn't conscious. In fact, the, the the rap section. This is the, this is the f- basically the first time I've ever rapped anything. I uh, basically, and it's a song um, that is also very important to me. It's uh, I've spent a long time singing the kinds of songs I sing, but without having a good explanation um, of why to myself. Uh, and there's an intensity. Um, to what I do live and recorded, uh, there's a there's some, there's something very personal, stirring uh, in the songs that I sing that I write, um, and I've only slowly really come to understand uh, what the nature is of that fire that burns of the story in my family of surviving the Holocaust, um, and and similarly, I've I've always for 24 years now or whatever, or 23 years, really wondered uh, whether these songs are, uh, whether they have a place in the story of popular music, whether they, you know, what genre they're in, um, how how lonely am I, you know, with what I do. Um, but somehow when I was writing this song, I didn't know where it was going when I wrote it, and it didn't start off the second section for people who are about to listen, you're going to be surprised by where it goes. And I didn't start it out writing with that section in mind or in existence. Um, it, the line that triggered the uh, rap you're going to hear, the line that triggered it is, uh, I'm gonna, I want to take, I'm gonna take my cue from a few folks I look up to. Mm, and when uh-huh. I started thinking about the songs that have inspired me and millions and billions of people, the list kept getting longer and longer and longer. Uh, And in fact, it didn't start off as a rap. It started off as a sung section uh, and much shorter. And it kept getting so, it got so long that I realized if I was going to fit in this many, and there's more that I wish I could put in, um, then I'd have to speed it up. And when I started speeding it up, it sort of evolved into a rap. And then I was, ha- was going to give it to Nemo to rap, actually. <laughs> and it was, it was so much fun writing that I realized, no, no, I want this one. And I, and I practiced and practiced and practiced and recorded and recorded and recorded until I got a recording of myself doing that rap. And now I do it live and I've memorized it and it is a kick and a half to perform live. Um, so that's, so yes, inspired for sure by Nemo. Um, but, but really uh, a very a significant song in my um, musical life story that I, that I can now have an answer for myself about where I belong and who my, whom, uh, I put people in quotes, but who my people are songwriter-wise, song-wise. Uh, there are 65 artists mentioned.
3: Wow. and
2: And my, one of my, another one of my dreams and ambitions in, in, in the world of music would be that at least some of these people, come someday to be proud that they were mentioned in the song.
3: Hmm.
2: Um, and I, I haven't started. I haven't started on that campaign to get any of them aware of the song. Uh, well, except maybe. For, I, I've emailed it to a couple of people. I've emailed it to Switchfoot, um, a couple other couple other groups I mentioned. But basically... I haven't started yet, but it is—it is a dream of mine. I want—I want them to know that it, that we—that we humanity notices. We mm-hmm. notice when when the song they sing lifts us up the way the songs that the way these songs do that I mention in, in mine.
1: Well, thank you for that explanation. So let's listen to "Sing About Love" by Daniel Namad. I
4: could sing about mistakes I've made, broken hearts and broken wings. I could sing about my aches and pains and the one that got away. But it seems to me the world has its hurts to spare. Shadows are everywhere. I've decided I've cried enough. There's plenty of songs about tough love. I'm gonna sing about love, gonna sing about love, lift somebody up, instead of talking about tough love. I can't deny, I still dream.
2: Parents says be happy, it'll be alright Marvin Gaye showed the way to what's going on It's a wonderful world thanks to Louis Armstrong Soul Asylum saved those runaway kids John Lennon just imagined and the whole world did John Denver took a skyward, Tina Turner to the sea Stevie would to a higher love, John Legend and Common to freedom Pete Seeger's gonna overcome Bob Marley just smiled at the rising sun Eminem will lose himself before the moment's gone Miss Jackson knows the knowledge is what we want Gloria Gaynor maintained that we're gonna survive Tim McGraw wants us to live like we are dying Arethagari, S-P-E-C-T Midler, from a distance the whole world we see Tom Petty free falls Lee and hopes we dance Josh Groven raises up if we're hurting R.E.M. understands Irving Key bless the USA Van Morrison ushered in a brand new day Whitney sang about the greatest love of all Johnny Nash can see clearly now the rain won't fall take notes we're beautiful Christina does too Rihanna sees a shining like a diamond we keep walking like the flu fighters fight the power public be said Miley is a climber Andy Grammer keeps his head up Bill with us we can lean on him Natasha's unwritten Taylor Swift shakes it off again Lady Gaga was Way. Jason Mraz truly got to be our friend today. The black eye peeps wonder where is the love? He says, Ray got a beat, Journey never stop believing in us. Simon over trouble, water made a bridge. and John lit a panda for Diana. He did. It's the same love. Macklemore was moved to pray. Is he made a rainbow with a ukulele. lele? James Brown,
4: loud and proud. Lumos laid it out the way it is. We made us into champions. You too. Sam Cooke, major love change, gonna come? Peter Gabriel ain't giving up on us, just if we are the world. saved lives. No star they couldn't
5: get, Irene, Carol, what a feeling alive. Pharrell, Mavis, happy Katy Perry, little firework in the sky. Caroline, we've got a friend.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sing About Love. I I, I do. I'll tell you, Daniel, there's so many songs in your catalog that just get me up and get me moving and get me kicking. And that's definitely one of them. Uh, Yeah. It stands out, uh, I love your reference to Harold Payne in there. Harold's been a guest on this program as well, and um, I've gotten to know a bit of his music thanks to listening to you and your intro, and uh, it seems that you've, uh, along the road, you've had a lot of collaborations and a lot of people, uh, I'll tell you, everybody that's been on this program speaks very, very highly of you. And That's nice. um, And what I see is uh, that... This new album, uh, this new collection of songs that's just come out. There's another one on there. Kind child. Mm-hmm. Now, know, I just said, I, I really, I'm more of a, let's get up and boogie and dance, uh, guy. And however, this, this song, um, not only as a parent, uh, but it feels like in some ways there's even deeper levels there. And we've, I've heard you talk about this song on some of your live concerts and such. Uh, I'd love our listeners to have a better understanding of this as well. Tell us a little bit about Kind Child.
2: Yeah, okay. Uh, well, we got a... Jude is now, he just finished second grade. Um, it was a pretty anticlimactic end, of course, to school. He wasn't <laughs> in the class since March, but he just finished second In first grade, uh, we got a phone call from his teacher saying uh, there's a she told me uh, your boy is always the kindest boy in class. And he's going to get uh, he goes to get colors of crayons that other kids are looking for. And he helps kids find the water fountain, she said. But today he did something really special. He uh, there's a kid struggling in the class and he uh, and I finished reading a book. His name is Evan. And uh, she said, I finished reading a book to the entire class. They were all sitting on the rug. And when I finished your boy raised his hand and I said, what Jude? And Jude said, I think Evan did such a good job listening. He should get an extra point today. Um, and, um, you know, I was very moved by, by that little gesture of his, um, because as I've now said, you know, a couple times in our chat here, um, being nice and kind. Uh, And in fact, as I told Jude that day when he came home, uh, I said, you know, there's a lot of things people can say about you, uh, about a person. They can say you're smart or not smart or funny or not funny or or uh, talented or fat or thin or they can say all kinds of things about you. But if if people are saying that you're kind, that is the best thing to be known as, in my opinion, in the whole world. Uh, and that what he had done for Evan was speak up for him. Evan didn't speak English. uh, was part of the problem. He was new to America, and he couldn't understand instructions, so he was really struggling in class. I said, that might have been the first time Evan heard his name spoken uh, with a smile and causing the whole class to look at him and smile, causing the teacher to smile. No judgment, no instructions he couldn't understand. Uh, no negativity whatsoever, I said, and there's no way of knowing what a little act of kindness like that could do, but I promise you it did some good. And I was just so proud of him, right? Well, months later, I found myself writing a song in which I was confronting the question of what good can one person do in this world and specifically what good can I do? Some of my songs, a lot of my songs, I would refer to the singer in the third person. I would say that, and I have done even in our conversation today, right, that person is trying to, right, this person is feeling, but kind child is me talking about, uh, uh, you know, the very reasonable and realistic question, does it actually make a difference if I put a quarter in somebody's cup, right? Does it actually make a difference if I help somebody across the street? Right. Um, and of course it does in the moment, but what is in the larger picture, what good can I really do? Uh, and that phone call from Jude awakened me to an answer, not the answer, but an answer, which is I could raise a boy who, in some sense as my own as a as a as an echo after I'm gone, could carry on being as good as he can manage to be, to be kind, and uh what greater legacy could I possibly leave? Uh,
0: and that's, that's where the song uh, comes from. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, Let's yeah. give it a listen, folks. This is Kind Child by Daniel Namad.
4: Lately I've been thinking about what motivates me To give a couple dollars to a stranger on the street To hold the door, carry groceries, help a neighbor in need History repeats itself in headlines every day Solutions never big enough for problems that we face As a man, as a dad, what difference can I make? Cause I know better than to think I'll be remembered For a favor or a quarter or a smile Oh, but maybe before I return to sender I can do one thing worthwhile So I'm gonna try I'm gonna try To raise a kind child Sure would help if my boy went and got an MBA Took care of his artist mom and dad and their old age But let's face it, Wall Street probably isn't in his DNA But when his first grade teacher said she wanted us to know It's Jude who always comforts any kid Who sits alone, there's just so much pride My heart can take, my retirement can wait Cause I know better than to think I'll be remembered For a fortune or a pension or a prize Oh but maybe before I return to sender, I'll have done one thing worthwhile So I'm gonna try I'm gonna try To raise a kind child I don't want him to think The world is his to save Too much pressure anyway can't be done I don't want him to think he has to be a saint cause the truth is saints don't have any fun mostly I just hope my boy will come to understand no 401k or GPA can make a happy man it's having roots doing good helping out Where you can So put down roots Do some good Take somebody's hand And you'll know better Than most what really matters What makes living this life worthwhile And there may come a day Your own kids will remember How their granddad used to say With a smile that he raised We raised a kind child
0: Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, folks. You're listening to Real Conversations The Meaning Behind the Music. I'm Robert Brzezinski. My co host is with me today, Jeannie Kateoka, and we've been having this most amazing conversation with Daniel Naimod. That was, uh, we just listened to Kind Child. And I want to listen to another song And we'll come back and then get uh, Daniel's response and reaction Tell us a little bit more about it So let's give this a listen This is Everything New Bring
4: it on Everything new Everything different Everything true I am ready For my next thing to do Oh, I know it's gonna be everything new. I'm through crying, I'm through waiting, I'm through hoping against all hope. I'm through longing for something gone that'll never return. I think i finally learned So bring it on Everything new Everything different Everything true I am ready For my next thing to do Oh, I know It's gonna be everything new through grieving and through dreaming The life I have is ever coming back No more wishing and someone else's star That'll never be mine I think it's time True, I am ready for my next thing to do. Oh, I know it's gonna be everything new, and I've survived many times before. Broken heart, slamming door alright yes I will once more just as I did back then I'm gonna rise again so bring it on everything new everything different everything true I am ready for my next thing
0: So, Daniel, this is just another one of my personal favorites, and I think it speaks volumes to so many things. Uh, and I've always wondered uh, a little bit more around the creative process of how this song came to you.
2: Uh, yeah, that song is on the Water album, and uh, the entire Water album is written in a very, very different headspace and uh, physical space than I've ever been in before. Um, as many people have heard me talk about and reflect on the time I spent uh, on a basically a self-imposed ex- exile or a sabbatical into uh, the Red Rock country in Utah and Moab, Utah, which uh, this is in 2006, actually a much less crowded place than it has become now. Um, and I was there January, February, March of 2006. And I had the national parks and the state parks and the canyons, and the riverbeds, I had I had pretty much the whole place to myself a, a lot of the time, um, meaning no sounds, no cars, no people, no animals, no wind, no snow, no nothing, no sounds for hours at a time. Uh, and into that quiet um, came uh, the whisper of song after song after song um, about... Um, the illusion of control. You know, I was in a place that was as perfect as, as places get, as beautiful and amazing as a place can possibly be, and yet somehow um, made without any planning, uh, no budgets, no 10-year plans, no engineering schematics, uh, you know, no bureaucracy. It just happened. It happened because of time and water. And what, what what, at any phase of the game would have looked like a disaster was, in fact, that place being born, you know, one flake of, one flake of stone at a time, one drop of rain or, or uh, you know, a single snowflake melting at a time uh, such that there's red rock uh, in front of you and above you are red, red, or red cliffs and at your feet is red dirt and it's all the same stuff. The red dirt used to be the rocks and the rocks used to be the cliffs and mountains, um, all of it shaped and, uh, broken down and built back up again over billions of years, uh, millions of times, oceans rising and falling. Um, and, uh, and in that quiet and in that scenic beauty and in that uh, time to, to sort of ponder, I was reading the Tao, which I had found in the Moa public library and I was writing these songs, about surrender and uh, everything new uh, was one of those songs where I was feeling very clearly like, uh, at the, I don't mean to sound, I don't mean this to sound as shocking as it sounds. I was very clear that I was dying and that I was being born both, you know, I was there and I didn't know why I didn't know what was happening. I wrote 125 songs. I didn't know for whom. I had cleared my schedule. I couldn't tell you what I did for a living or what I was going to do. I was just, uh, I was dying and I was being born. And that song is, well, the opening words tell you everything you need to know about my willingness to allow that process to happen, right? Just like just like the cliffs and canyons dissolve and we humans want to rush in and save them or protect them or preserve them, stop the flood, right? Stop the drought. We want to stop the cycle so that things can stay exactly as they are when when there I was in this place that has never stopped changing and never will uh, and yet somehow always seems to turn out just fine. Um, and. In that frame of mind i was you know opening my arms wide and uh opening myself up wide and saying bring it on
0: right mm, bring it on thank you thank you for
1: sharing that yeah so daniel we we always have a surprise question and you, our listeners probably know it's not really a surprise but okay. uh and and you are blessed to have your son, but maybe it's good that you only have one because you have, I'm sure you would have a difficult time choosing among your catalog of songs, but that's exactly (laughs) what we're going to ask you to do is what is Daniel Namad's favorite song of his own?
2: (laughs) Um, uh, You've, you've, you've hit a few of them. Uh, You've hit, uh, we've talked about one power and right now, kind child and sing about love are two of my favorites. Uh, I would say a couple others of my favorites are, uh, this, uh, uptempo, very different kind of song called, can you help me find it? Yeah. Um, Uh, and another one is last song also Mm. from the water album. Uh, Those are two of my favorites that we haven't touched on today. Um, They're very, very different from each other. Um, But those are are my two quick answers. Can you help me find it and last song. Well,
0: I'm going to say, folks, let's listen to Can You Help Me Find It. I love this song. It was uh, that when I picked up, uh, when I first heard this, oh, what? uh, At my ordination, I think. uh, uh, I was just immediately fell in love with this. So I'm excited to share this one. Here it is, folks. Can You Help Me Find It by Daniel Namod.
2: Can
4: you help me find it, can you help me find it, can you help me find my childhood home? Can you help me find it, won't you help me find it, cause I cannot find my childhood home. My childhood home was small, my childhood home was so humble, that home was the only peace I've known. Won't you help me find my childhood home? Can you help me find it? Can you help me find it? Can you help me find find my beating heart? heart. Can you help me find it? it. Won't you help me find it? it. Cause I cannot find my beating heart. My beating beating heart heart was strong. My beating heart was unbroken. Such heavy load. Oh, I'll tell you when I know. Can you help me find it? Can you help me find it? Can you help me find my righteous song? My righteous song. Can you help me find it? Find it. Won't, you me find Won't you help me find it? it. I cannot find my righteous song my righteous song was proud my righteous song was a trumpet bringing down the city walls at dawn wake up saints my righteous song ain't gone go it's a callin' won't you help me find my righteous song So-
0: Hey, Daniel we want to say thank you so much for being with us today we do have one more song we want to talk about before we go uh, however we do also want to learn a little bit more what's on the future what's on the horizon uh, what can we expect in the coming weeks months years whatever as far out as the vision has revealed itself to you uh, what do you want us to know about the future of your work on the planet
2: Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, and thanks for the kind of thoughtful questions. And, uh, as I said to you privately before we started, thanks for, uh, both of you, actually thanks for being so supportive and kind. Um, it's not, uh, it's not a small thing. I don't take it for granted and I notice it and I feel it and it makes a big difference. Uh, and that goes for everybody listening who's ever listened to my music or logged into one of the concerts or whatever. Uh, it really is very, very special to have the kind of support I've had. Um, the uh, on the on the near term horizon, I've been doing a series of talks about the Dao on Facebook Live on Thursdays at noon. Uh, that's just in July. I've been leading some small groups. This is like ten to twelve people uh, in a in kind of a personal exploration, like t- uh, of uh, of the significance of control and surrender. The water idea. Um, in in, uh, in specifics in our own lives. So I've been having small group conversations. So this is my second round of groups. And I'll be doing starting another one uh, uh, for the fall for sure, another round of uh, those. I'm sure I'll be doing more concerts on Facebook Live. I'm just taking a little break from them right now, but I've had four seasons of those, 12 concerts straight three times, and then six concerts, I mean, like consecutive nights. Um, I'm also going to be doing, I'm planning on doing some live songwriting and record producing, um, like turn on the camera and start writing a song and talk about the process out loud. Uh, whether it's somebody who likes my music who would be interested in seeing how it's born or somebody who writes their own music and might be interested in seeing how it's born. Uh, that would be kind of the target audience for that. I don't know if people would watch and I don't certainly don't know I if will. the song will be any good <laughs> when it's
3: done. <laughs>
2: you know? Um and the, so, so, I'm think, I, I, I'm going to do that very shortly. Um, and I'm also thinking about possibly doing a small group uh, for songwriters, uh, like a professional songwriting uh, group, where each each person and I'm talking about like small, like six people or less, where each person uh, takes a song from conception to completion uh, over the course of some weeks, where we all meet and talk about them, like a you know an intensive workshop. Right. Um, but honestly, Robert, I have no freaking idea. I mean, I, <laughs> I am a, I am a traveling singer songwriter in a world that doesn't travel. Right. Uh, I am a, uh, I am a, um, father of a boy who goes to school in a world where school is suddenly somehow tagged as optional. You know, <laughs> um, my wife is a jeweler and, uh, there are no shows and, uh, she I I put her jewelry out in my shows and I don't have any shows. Um, so uh, I I truly don't know. Consistent with my own songs, I am aware that I don't need to know. So is it an it is is it an unsettling time? Yes. And when I look in the camera during my Facebook concerts and I say, if you're wondering what the hell's going on, hear me that you're not alone.
3: <laughs>
2: um, right. but so I, I truly don't know. I feel some new songs coming. I don't know what they're gonna be like or whether they'll be any good or what they'll be about. I never do know. Um, And I I honestly don't know. I'm taking it, not necessarily one day at a time, but pretty close to it. I've been recording a lot of services for a lot of churches. I've been recording, I mean, I think this coming Sunday, I'm in three different cities. One Sunday I was in three countries. Wow. (laughs) Um, You know, but that's, that's not, that's nice and flattering. And it feels like I'm of service when I do that, but it's not like it's a, it's not a livelihood, you know, um, because I'm not playing, I'm not playing hardball on fees or anything. I mean, that's not what it's about. It's about reaching out and encouraging and inspiring or comforting. And that's what all those concerts have been about. If anybody listening wants to, Wants to sit back on their couch and get a Slurpee, which is what I would get, and, and, <laughs> and watch and just and be sung to for hours. There are now 42 live concerts uh, straight through. You go to Daniel Namah USA on Facebook, and you will discover uh, a never-ending stream, and they're all different. I, you know, I I repeat some songs here and there, but I cover a lot of ground. And if you don't know what to watch, and 42 concerts seems like too many to even tackle just watched the most recent last couple. I think they were two nice shows, the grand finale and the one just before it, I did some of my favorite cover songs. Um, So that's been very rewarding and beautiful. And the support I've gotten, my family's gotten in the form of gifts is really the reason why we still have our mortgage paid Um, because my livelihood, like many, many millions of other people's, you know, just disappeared. Um, So I do not know where it's all going. I do not, lie awake in fear. Uh, I know that I'm okay and have always been and will always be that way to paraphrase another one of my own songs. (laughs) And I know so will my family be and so will my country be. Um, But it is a weird, weird time. Um, And uh, I'm just kind of I'm taking it one day and one week at a time and um, and doing the best I can to be of service, honestly.
0: Well, I would definitely say you are doing that. Uh, I concur. These concerts have been a lifesaver for many and uh, have just been incredibly inspiring, encouraging. Thank you. And, and I tell you, I love it when a musician, an artist is uh, just speaks in their everyday language, is quoting their own songs and their own lyrics. <laughs> that, that to me is authenticity. So. Folks, we're going to make sure that uh, links to all of this information, how to get in touch with Daniel, his website, where to pick up his music. Uh, He's actually got a really great deal going on right now on a a USB drive of a great collection of his music. So we'll make sure you have links to that uh, and know how to find these videos and such like that. Uh, We do want to get out of here though and get Daniel back to his day. So, uh, we're going to say a quick thank you. And then we've got one last song we'd like you to introduce for us. Uh, we'll play that out and be done. So, um, sir, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you too. My pleasure. Thank you, Daniel.
2: Yep. Thank you,
0: Jeannie. righty. So it wouldn't be complete. And I think we would do everybody a disservice if we didn't chat for just a minute about probably the most iconic song in New Thought in, po- in the world of positive music and in your catalog. Give us a hit. Tell us a little bit about One Power.
2: Uh, one Power was written in that little apartment in West Hollywood. Um, it was born, um, it was born, the phrase, the, the words, One Power, One Power uh, was born. On the way home from a uh, church gig, and uh, I had gone. the The minister had been so encouraging and supportive that she had just, just. I mean, I just went home, just floating home in my car, and I felt powerful. The word "power" was in my mind. I just felt so powerful, and I started thinking, "Well, there's really only one power." I don't know why that occurred to me specifically, but uh, I started uh, writing that song that day, and it took a while to write. Um, But when I was finished, um, what I had was uh, a song that encapsulated how I had always felt about um, the world's religions and about humanity. And it, um, you know, it's proven to be um, um, an unendingly relevant song for me to sing, emotional always, uh, and also... Uh, relevant, I would say, to uh, cultural events, social events, and you know, history, um, and you know, I'm 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 proud to have written it, but I'm 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 actually kind of more grateful to have written it because of because of what it says. I I was I was raised to be a nice Jewish boy, uh, and I I like to think I still am, but I also um, really. I really, as best I can, wherever I can, I really take a stand for humanity. Maybe that's what I love so much about Nemo is he does that, right? He goes wherever he can to take his stand for humanity. And I I stand for humanity. I sing for humanity. My record label is called Humanity Music. My studio is called Humanity Music. And One Power is five of the most coherent minutes I've ever composed uh, Mm -hmm. to explain how I see humanity as being one group, one species, you know, one family, uh, and that being good and kind uh, brings us together in a way that uh, transcends rules or definitions or walls or boundaries or languages or faiths, It's that it's actually fundamentally not about that and I at least, and maybe, maybe you hear it also in the breathe the same air song. I at least can imagine a day when, uh, the, the membership card you carry doesn't separate you from me simply because I carry a different membership card. Or maybe we surrender our membership cards and just allow us all to be human, um, and together. Yeah instead of separated by what are clearly artificial uh, distinctions that we make. Um, So it's a, it's a song that I
0: mean, what can I tell you, Robert? I just mean it right on. Uh, Yes. And I love that concept to be human together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again, sir, for being with us, folks. We're going to listen to One Power. We're done for the day. We're going to let Daniel get back to his uh, busy, busy schedule and his work. Thank you for being with us on Real Conversations. Please be sure to check out the back catalog of artists and all the great interviews we have done. And a quick thank you to the New Thought Media Network for making all of this possible. Daniel, thank you again, buddy. Thank you.
4: There's one power invisible. And you see it everywhere and every day. One power, indescribable. And you speak of it with every word you say. Mysterious until you know the truth. As simple as the love inside of you. Call it God, call it spirit, call it Jesus, call it Lord, call it Buddha, Bala, angel's wings or heaven's door, but whatever name given, it, it's all one power, can't you see? It's the power of colors, different names. But different is only dangerous when we forget that in the heart we're all the same. And we'll remember once we close our eyes to see that such distance were we're never meant to be. Shem, oh, heaven's door, it's Muhammad, it's your mind, it's your soul or it's your sign It's the universe, it's music, Mother Earth or oh, Father Time, but whatever name you give it, it's all one power. sweetness of release. It's the joy of inspiration. It's the sunshine on your face. It's the birthright of all nations. It's the boundlessness of space. It's the beauty of a baby. The serenity of sleep. It's the
0: Thank you for listening to Real Conversations, exploring the meaning behind the music. Real Conversations is produced by the New Thought Radio Network, sharing a vibration of love, positivity, and empowerment through a variety of media streams. Learn more on the web at newthoughtmedianetwork.org. Listen to past episodes of Real Conversations on the podcast page at NewThoughtRadio.net. Until next time, peace and blessings, go forth and prosper.